0: You're listening to Episode 73 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level.
1: Be empowered
0: to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Joining me today for this Spotlight on Children's Author episode is the wonderful Dave Pow to Bane. He is well known here in Australia and also around the globe. You're going to love learning more about Dave. His backstory growing up in a small country town to becoming a world-class athlete and record breaker. Dave's energy is simply contagious. He is fueled by self-empowerment and a mindset geared for personal triumph and success. And Dave weaves his life lessons into his empowering book series for children, The Pow Man series. And these books have truly been life-changing for countless kids and their families. You can learn more about Dave and his books in the show notes at chataboutchildren.com and also remember to leave a rating and a review for Chat About Children from your favourite podcast player. Okay, let's get this chat started with Dave. Joining me for today's Spotlight on Children's Author episode, I have Dave Pow to Bain. Dave is a three-time world kettlebell champion, and he is also the creator of the 30-day challenge, inspiring thousands of people around the world to achieve their best and face their challenges front on. Dave is also the much loved author of the Pow Man series. Pow Man shows kids how to turn bullying into a positive experience through children's books. Dave, welcome to Chat About Children. Hey Sonia, thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to chat to you today because you are an inspirational individual yourself. You have achieved so much, and I'd love for people to get to know you and a little bit about your story, perhaps before you became an author.
1: For the book, so um, I'll give you a little backstory. I grew up in a little town called Yenko, about 552 people population, small town. There's a, a partnering town called Leeton, and that's where I went to school, and uh, you know, basically spent a lot of my uh, my youth. It's quite a negative town. So, growing up, different experiences with bullying and different situations like that in, in this town, it kind of made me who I am today. And I guess it was like a pressure cooker. Now, in high school, I actually failed English. And so, there was, I got asked yesterday, funny enough, that, you know, what was the defining moment that really changed things for you? And funny enough, you know, being the whole author, the kind of stuff, I actually failed English. And it was a moment I saw this quote on the wall that said, uh, by Robert Frost. And he actually said, um, the roads diverged and I took the one less traveled." And I remember that exact moment when I read that quote was the exact moment that I actually got my HSC English score and I failed. I got the red dot. I guess coming from that little town, uh, I was always working a lot. Growing up, I so saw my dad go through a lot of mental health issues. And I just saw that if you don't actively be proactive in life, life can kind of beat you up. Long story short, in a way, I just really made it a thing to go out there and actually make opportunities happen. And you know, when I got that red dot, I saw that like that the general path of uni and and all these kind of structures just wasn't tailored for me. And I was just remember looking around the room going, Hey, I'm gonna have to make something of myself. And that's that's when um, I actually had a a high school teacher named Mark Elliott, who was like a mentor for me. And he totally changed my life. And you know, and that's why I'm a big belief in like books and teachers and people can have such an impact in others. He actually introduced me to the kettlebell, which is this like this form of weight. And so at that time, I got the red dot. You know, my dad's sick at home, a lot of stress. And um, I decided that I wanted to start up a kettlebell gym in this guy's backyard, Mark's backyard. That was kind of like the melting pot. We started Australia's first kettlebell gym and my sister was my first ever client. So being in situations where you see what you don't want to become, you see what you don't like to experience, and then you get to a point where the only option is to do something about it. So at that point, instead of sort of being the victim and, you know, I talk about in my books has been victory circumstances, not the victim and um, grow through what you go through. You know, that's that's how basically I got started uh, helping people with, you know, training my sister. I saw a transformation within her and I got addicted to that. So every, the rest is kind of history, but that's kind of like the, the melting pot. Now, there is a bit of a theme with bullying in the book. In, in my latest years at school, I had like an arch nemesis, a bully at school. And because of that, I then connected more with Mark. He was the next military guy, taught me mixed martial arts at school. And then we got into kettlebell lifting. And, you know, it's kind of like from that situation, I actually used to fuel me to become a world champion in kettlebell lifting. So in the moment, you feel like you're not winning from these situations or it's not good. You don't like it. But then the question is like, how can I make this great? How can I do something good for it? And just because it happened to me doesn't mean it has to beat me up forever. A lot more to the story, but that's how I eventually evolved into authoring these books.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it does give us a really good picture of what's shaped you and also what's fueled you. Because what's really stood out in all of that is you realized quite quickly that you had the ability to make decisions and take control of your life and direct it, right? So you kind of was like, right, I'm going to put my hands on the steering wheel here rather than be steered in directions that perhaps don't work for me. That is really powerful in itself. So that's why you've got the power in between your name, right? The Dave Power bane So one thing I am curious about, and obviously we'll talk more about your books, but one thing I'd love to know, and you mentioned, you know, the three time kettlebell world champion. And that's amazing. That's an incredible achievement and accomplishment. And it says a lot about your mindset when you are competing at some of these international events. What's going on in your mind? What are you telling yourself? And how do you know when to keep pushing and perhaps when to stop?
1: I can distinctly think back to different parts of my athletic kind of career to different world titles and that first time I ever competed was online and i submitted my scores and i was told by the president of the federation that i was lying and i was a cheat and there's no way i could do those numbers and then you know if i wanted to actually prove myself come to the australian championships it's going to be held in melbourne me and my best mate we got in his little little beat-up car and we drove to melbourne we got lost but we got there <laughs> and i remember stepping on the platform and they put me on last i didn't really have any of the gear i had a, a pair of dunlop volleys my favorite pair of shoes at the time that had a big rip in them. But there was a sense of pride that I was showing up and like, in in a way like representing like what I'm about. And so I always had this idea that, you know, city people had better things off than country people and all these kind of narratives. So I would always train thinking that they were better than me, but I would train, that would force me to train harder. I remember stepping on the platform, you know, when I first started lifting the guy who was winning at the sun, this big, big juiced up kind of guy, was making fun of me in the first minute, and I remember um, just hearing that and just going, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you, you know, like so. Nine minutes later, I just went faster and faster with these reps, and you know, put the weights down, and uh, then everyone wanted to know who I was. I would basically just train. To win rather than just train to do my best. Yeah. And that's and that made me undefeated for many years. That was my first kind of mindset, was like, I'll show these guys. And then that evolved into I'm here to, you know, create a pathway for myself. And lifting for me is like it's really funny. Like it's it's kind of irrelevant to everything. You know, I'm I'm doing good stuff with people every single day, helping them discover the fitness, but people look at who's winning. So it was almost like I just had to win to then go home and tell my members, Hey, now let's turn up the training on Monday and look after yourself. You know, so I'd use that as just a vehicle for exposure and to show my members that I was prepared to go to that place to help inspire them to then start looking after their lives, not idolizing me, using that as inspiration to put it into their lives. regards to competing, once I got to three world titles and that, there was kind of like the whole, you know, what's the purpose of this now? You know, I've sort of, I've done the world titles. I've prove myself in that degree, you know, there's, there's other parts of life. So I guess the biggest challenge is, you know, it's not a paid sport. So, you know, you get to a certain age where you're going, okay, so what, what purpose is this play in my life? You know, and once I've beaten everyone, once I've proven to everyone, you know, is it just my ego that I'm serving here and, you know, and that's where these last couple of years, I've sort of gone more within I took that energy from kettlebell lifting and stuff and put it into the books just before COVID hit, I did 151 days traveling five hours plus per day, just travel time and sometimes talk to five schools. And, you know, so I just kind of took that tenacity or that intensity from competing into other areas to see what I could do there.
0: And I think that speaks volumes in itself. Like you are so hugely committed to helping others and being of service to others, particularly kids. That background has really provided the inspirational platform, hasn't it, to then go, right, well, here's Power Man. And you had that, I guess, as I said earlier, that shaping of you to be able to put that into the Power Man series. So let's talk more about it. There's three books in the series. Book one is Unleash the Hero Within. The second book is Discover the Strength Within. And the third is Find the Courage Within. These are pretty, amazing books, and you have shared them with, gosh, countless, countless children. And you also, I don't want to kind of spoil it all, but tell us, why don't you tell us what a school visit looks like? Because they're pretty inspirational and they have such a positive impact on kids. What are you doing in those visits? What are kids getting out of those visits when they get to meet Power Man?
1: The um, it's, it's quite funny because sometimes the, the schools, you know, I've had speakers in before where you know they might just talk at the kids, tell them about their book, tell them oh, you should read this, it's a good story. But when I go to these schools, typically I get the whole school in one big room, so like the whole hall is filled, you know. And sometimes I go to schools with five kids, I go to schools with five, 500, you know, a thousand kids, and so we get them all into the, the room and I kind of take them on a journey where I get them picturing and seeing themselves in this story and then you know feeling what that would be like when they've got to make these decisions help out their friends you know have the tough conversation all these different little challenges that are part of the story so when i do these talks i talk with the kids and i get them engaging get them interacting seeing themselves as being their better self like being the friend that would help out their other friend i can never help anyone all I can do is let them help themselves, but by giving the, I guess, putting them in the, the room, the experience, letting them read a story that then inspires their best self. Like, you know, I don't take away the pressure from these kids. I just help them deal with it better because that pressure is what forms them. You know, if we don't have resistance in life, we go soft. We, we don't learn. And so, I never want to take anyone's resistance away from them. I just want them to know that there is a way to overcome it and grow through what they go through. So there's a lot of misconception in the, help, in the helping world that you just bulldoze all their problems away and things like that. I believe that one of the greatest things that we can ever do is teach kids how to deal with problems better, have a better relationship with problems themselves, uh, difficult, how to deal with difficult people. That's the big message around these books. So um, people think that I'm power man and I'm not. Power man or power girl or power woman is your own inner hero that can basically rise above any challenges you face. But the real message of these books is a lot of times in in tough, challenging moments, we compare ourselves and judge ourselves based on our lesser self versus our best self. And so the whole power thing came about when I was competing and I'd say, what would what would Powerman do? Like what would Dave Power to Bain do in this situation? He would show up. He wouldn't worry about not having to sleep. He would get up there and give his absolute best. He would go all out. And so that's the kind of the secret of teaching these kids is, especially during challenging times, is to bring themselves up versus bring themselves down. Because we're a society of bringing ourselves down in challenging moments. And as any time we go through a challenge. There's also, you know, the Chinese uh, um, other meaning for challenge or crisis is opportunity. So I was like, in this moment, what is the opportunity? What can I do with this? How can I transmute it? How can I transform that? So these schools are highly energetic. The kids just get pumped and you know and, and excited. And and like it's it's funny. Like you know, a lot of schools want their kids to look after one another, respect one another, be you know, uh, be more respectful for the teachers. I get the kids pumped and excited to display those characteristics. So then it's like it's it's like this massive ripple effect. They're just like they're just like supercharged uh, to look out for one another and just be kinder and yeah and face their, their problems head on. It's um it's a quite a cool experience and the cool thing as well is um a lot of times it's the teachers that are sitting around these kids that actually get the most out of it as well because they're seeing it and they're also you could say guilty of a lot of the a lot of the 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 um, poorer ways of thinking. Because we all are, it's all—it's—it's it's human. It's easy to think of the negative, and so um it's a cool experience for that. I'm quite proud of for both the teachers and the kids, um, and I've even done it for parents too. We had like a thousand parents in Griffith at Book Week. Yeah, it was a cool experience. So, anyway, it's high energy, it's highly uh, entertaining, educating, and empowering as well.
0: Love it, and that's why you've done so many school visits, Dave. I mean, you. You know as you've just said they're high energy but they're memorable experiences and what's happening is you know everyone there is connecting they're at a they're at a, an emotional level of connecting to what you're saying and the messages you're saying so they can actually then it's kind of embedded in in them isn't it rather than oh i've listened to this you know be respectful of my friends yep that's great and it's kind of really one-dimensional um when it's when it's said that way but when you're coming in You're really having them experience the energy of it and get excited about it through Power Man's messages. And what's really cool is, of course, it is empowering is you're gifting them with knowing that they've got the tools within themselves. And that is the most empowering thing of all. So again, you know, which is what makes the Power Man series so amazingly popular and will continue to to grow in popularity because of not just the messages, but, their life skills at the end of the day, as you described earlier, um, which is what, as parents, carers and professionals, which is what we want to equip our kids with. So that's really, really cool. If you're a mum or know a mum who could do with some support, this is an invitation to join the Flourish for Mums four-week self-care program. This weekly program is inspired by the best-selling book, Flourish for Mums, 21 Ways to Thrive with Self-Care and Acceptance, and is led by the fabulous author, Sonia Bestelich. She takes mums on a powerful journey to reconnect with themselves whilst building authentic relationships with fellow mums. Sound like something you want to join? Join our community from anywhere in the world. Mums, it is time for you to flourish. Sign up at flourishformums.com. Have you ever had um, a story of a kid who, I don't know, has shared the experience or the feedback with you as to what they've thought about Power Man or how it's changed their life in a, in a particular way? Have you had any stories?
1: Yeah, we had heaps of stories. There's um, one theme that keeps coming up in the stories is the, the books actually have strategies that kids can actually use in in reality and they're not just um, ideals so ideals like just tell the teacher you know which is great and you know I do talk about it as well is the actual kids in year three they're they do want to deal with it themselves they want to learn how to deal with their challenging people or bullies or things like that so a lot of the books you know they in each book there's what's called a power plan where you, you actually strategize around the situation on how to improve it, make it better, overcome it, go through it, all that kind of stuff. So there's a big theme for the stories of the kids. Like these are actually things that I can do myself. And I'm not just palming off the problem to someone else. And that is the empowerment side of stuff. Because every time that tell on the kid and the teacher, the problem doesn't go away. It just becomes more sneaky. You know, they do it more behind the scenes, you know, like not directly to the face. So it can just make the problem even worse to a degree. The, uh, That's one part of it. And the other one is just the other day, I had some kids that went to a little athletics too, a brother and sister, and they got there. They've never done it before. And they um, got picked on and said they were, they were useless. Some other kid um, told them they were stupid for even trying and all these different things. So, anyway, the kids come home. We're not going to athletics. They had a big, threw a big tantrum, got all upset. Um, and the mum just happened to have got one of my books and got them to read it. That week, next minute, they're back at a little athletics. And not only that, they did the whole year and got awards for uh, most improved for the, for the whole year. And then their mom sends me uh, like another catch up on the story. And so just seeing that these kids themselves are deciding that they're not going to let the bully or their insufficiencies in athleticism or educational or learning or whatever, stop them from giving their best. And, um, you know, it's powerful when you've got young kids choosing to stay in their game, stay in their arena and get better at things. because That's the only way for us to progress in many ways, especially growing. So um, there's heaps of, heaps of stories like that. Even, even having young kids, having the awareness to then when the bully is saying all these nasty things to them, to actually sit there and actually understand that the way the bully talking to them is a representation of what's going on inside the bully hurt people hurt people so these young kids become bully proof because they're sitting there going okay simon okay simon okay simon thank you and then they leave and they don't let it in you know they go oh poor simon's upset yeah i might tell the teacher that simon's upset so instead of saying simon's bullying me the person's going up go Hey, hey, Miss uh, Caroline, you might just have to check on Simon. He's quite upset today. <laughs> yeah, it deflects. It deflects. And, and I love
0: that. And it also means that, as you said, they're not personalising because that's when yes. all the issues really start to snowball. Uh, so it's about taking a step back and, and putting that boundary there and going, actually, what's mine and what's yours? Um, and having that clear understanding. I love that, Dave. I love it. Yes. And as I said earlier, it's why you've been at, to so many schools and and changing lives for so many kids. So one last question before we we finish up, Dave. I know that you know parents and carers they're pressured a lot. You know to be the perfect role model, and um, you know if if parents are listening, they're going, okay. Well, I'd love for my child to to be empowered. You know, someone might say, well, if you want your child to be empowered or anything else, you know, you've got to be the role model. So what are your thoughts on
1: this? First of all, would remove the word perfect role model, because if you think about superheroes, they're all got their own weaknesses, but why are they superhero? Because in the challenging time, they actually rise to the occasion, you know, to a degree, they've got a superpower, but they're not perfect. And that's what, that's what we love. We love imperfection for the whole thing is get rid of perfection. You're never going to be perfect. Life is such a game where it's unpredictable. You never know what's going to come around the corner, no matter how much you plan or feel like you're in control. There's days where you feel like you're not winning at all. And you go, hey, we're just going to go to bed. You know, take yourself to bed and not make it even worse. So the big one is like minimizing the downtime that you spend, whether upset, angry, frustrated, things like this with your kids or even with yourself and Understand that, like, if you can shorten those periods of time where you're upset, not a role model, you know, maybe you're not looking after yourself health wise and and you're not showing up to your family the best, they are going to happen. Nobody's perfect. And it's all about shortening those periods and then still understanding that no matter how bad things are in the moment, how they feel is that you do have the choice to make things 1% better, you know, and that's what your kid wants to see as well. So, it's um and that's that's all you can really say is like you know life's dynamic we've got to be dynamic we've also got to you know we are human and just understand it's like hey like today what's my one percent how can i make it that little bit better and understand that you know like everyone has the power to do that you know a lot of these these books sort of thing like i have seen people live their whole life guilting themselves over not being perfect and all that but the whole goal is it's it's that's unattainable so You know, in my other adult books, I talk about how we all have these internal checklists and a lot of people have that untickable item on their internal checklists and they feel that I can't be happy or I can't be a role model until that's ticked. And I want people to understand that we need to change what those checklists are because those checklists are actually holding us back for even showing up on the level we can. Yeah, that's in my adult books coming out, which I won't say the name because it's got swearing in the title, but um. (laughs) In regards to being a role model, drop the perfectionism for perfectionism, and um, just teaching kids like, hey, no matter how bad the day is, we can fight again the next day.
0: Love it, Dave. I love how you're keeping it real. Absolutely love that, and and retaining our humanness, which I'm very much in honor of. And they're really powerful take-home messages to finish our episode with. Now, you've given us a bit of a sneak of something coming up next for you, because that was my next question, what's next? So it sounds like an adult's book, so we're going to have to watch this space. Where can we learn more
1: about you and your books? Uh, I've got a Facebook group called Creating Change with Dave Pals-Bain. Um, There's a couple thousand people in that group. That's kind of like my, my hub. And then I also have like Facebook and Instagram, where it's Dave uh, Dave vein, which is on Instagram, or David um, on Facebook. Just for the listeners out there, "pow" comes from the movie Step Brothers, and I would yell it out when I'd compete to psych my competitors out because they thought I was crazy. They're like they're they're all tired, they're all exhausted, they're all psyching themselves out, and I'd be like "pow!" And so, <laughs> uh. It, Initially stated for passion over worry, so choosing to live a life you're passionate about rather than just worrying your whole life away. But then now with the kids' books, the meaning is power of words, the way you speak about yourself and others says so a lot about you and your character. Because anytime we say things to someone else, it's really just mirroring what's going on inside of ourselves, you know, in, in many ways. That might be a little bit too deep for this. But it's, um, yeah, so that's, that's where the power is. But you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and uh, probably through your pages as well.
0: Fantastic. Dave will pop all that into the show notes. But thank you so much for empowering us today.
1: Hey, Noise. Thank you, Sonny, for having me. Woo!
0: I loved that chat with the simply inspirational Dave Pow to Bain. Remember to leave a rating and a review for the podcast from your favorite podcast player and to share this episode with family, friends, and with colleagues. I thank you so much for your attention. I celebrate you and look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. www.chataboutchildren.com